We are not supposed to separate from them. We need to be separated from them concerning what they do. But we need to relate with them so that we can affect their lives. Listen, if you are not strong as a Christian and your sword, you don't carry enough sword, don't go and relate with them. They will change you. They will corner you and bring them to themselves. Brothers and sisters, you are different. You are chosen. You are peculiar. You are the royal priesthood that the Lord has called for to show forth his praise to this world. Therefore, leave your value. Let them refer you. Let, them, let people start referring to you as example of life they want to eliminate. Be a testimony wherever you are. And our text, Job chapter, Joshua chapter 1, 6 to 8, is quite instructive. The church exists for the sake of the world. We therefore need to live our lives of value every day. So what are values? Values are basically principles, standard of behavior. And they are ones judgment of what is important in life. They are basic fundamental beliefs that guide or motivate attitude and action. Our value, brothers and sisters, determine the sort of person you want to be and the sort of person you want to move with. The manner that we treat ourselves and others. Value provides the general guidelines of conduct and behavior. And in our notes, George Lorima once said that he's an American journalist. At the back of every noble life, there are principles that are fashioning. In other words, values are the foundation of every great life. No one ever succeeded in the place of leadership who did not first choose the value by which they would live their life. And Albert Einstein, that German-born great theoretical physicist, has this to say. Try not to become men of success. Rather, become men of value. This is because when we become people of value, success will naturally flow. Follow everything that we do. Jesus Christ was very clear about this in Matthew 6, 33. And what did he say there? Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things will be added. When you become a valuable individual in the kingdom, you are a kingdom citizen under the king and in the palace of the king, then you don't lack anything. Why many Christians are lacking and we hold nine vigils Meetings for other things is because we are not in the kingdom. We are in the church. And many churches are not the kingdom. May God give you understanding. Many churches are not the kingdom. When you seek the kingdom and the king gathers, you know, the king dominates your life. The king rules your life. You don't need to ask for any other thing. Because in the palace, everything is Every church is supposed to be the kingdom of God. 
where nothing is lacking. Why is the church people lacking things? It's because the reminiscences of the kingdom is not the church. May the Lord bring the kingdom back. Remember, Joseph, the son of Jacob, he lived a life of value. He had integrity of heart. A great Christian must have virtue. Success follow despite the headwinds of life that passed through him. And in your notes, Aaron Smith wrote that the real measure of man's worth is how much he will be worth if he lost all his money. Money does not tell how much you are worth. Value tells it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you lose your money, it's nothing. It is who you are that matters. Because it is who you are that God has money. Even though they may steal the money, who you are will bring more money. Hallelujah. Some of the personal value that we need to look at include compassion, open-mindedness, loyalty, courage, equality, freedom, education, love, family, integrity, honesty, gratitude, personal development, honor, trust, achievement, wealth, appreciation, acceptance, kindness, laughter, all of them. These are all kind of value that you can have. When we use our value to make decisions, we make a deliberate choice to focus on what is important to us. When values are shared, they build internal cohesion in a church, in a team, and in a group, or even in a family. What are the value, benefits of value to us? When you have value in your life, value will help you to align with who you are and avoid stress while consciously avoiding things that does not gel with you. Number two, value will help you to grow and to develop better. Number three, value helps us to create the future we want to experience. Number four, value acts as an anchor and keep us steady when situations are tough and challenging and circumstances are contrary. Number four or five, values they will act as a compass so that they will be guiding us in the right direction that we need to go. A man's value will determine what he does and how he does them. Next one, value helps us in making decisions and setting our priority right. There are things I want, I won't need to think about because my values already did not think that for me. Next one, value declare who you are truly. It gives you self-awareness. Remember Matthew chapter 7 verse 16. By their fruits, they shall know them. Hallelujah. And the last one, value helps us to create the future that we want to live. There are four types of value if you want to know that. Four types of value. You have we have individual values. We have 
relationship value. We have church or organizational value. And four, we have the world value, societal value. And when we talk about individual value, I've talked about them, personal value, compassion, personal development, loyalty, courage. These are, this is how you want to show up in life and your specific unique principle of your life. What you want to live by. What you consider that is important to you. Sometimes values are because of self-interest. Individual values, like I've mentioned, they are because it's what you want to use to guide your life. And it's important to have a value. Then, relationship value also is very important. How you want people to relate with you. The kind of friends you will have. The kind of family you want to have. The kind of colleagues you want to have in your office. The kind of uh, neighbor you want to have in your, in, your, in, your, in, your, in your society. All of these will also give you value. Sometimes values like this talks about being open, being honest, being generous, being trustworthy. All of these build relationships. Then the next one is organizational or church value. And here, it could be for, for, for our church, we have the house. Holiness, can you say, do you know that? Our, can you mention it? Holiness, what else? Accountability, resourcefulness, and sacrifice. That's for our church. But for other organizations, these are what they want to be known for and what they want, the way they want to be regarded in the world. Sometimes, some organizations, they have productivity, they have professionalism, they have, they have uh, strategic alliances, they have teamwork, sometimes it's uh, the bottom line, financial growth, all what that means. But in our church, we have holiness, we have accountability, resourcefulness, and sacrifice. Are we communicating? So, it's important that we understand that. Then the societal value, that is the world where we are. Societal value reflects how you and your organization, including our church, relates to the society. And societal values include future generation. That's one of the things we lack in Nigeria today. This generation is not planning for the future generation. And the future generation that is already here, already misbehaving because of the failure of the former generation. May the God, may God of heaven forgive us in Jesus' name. Then ecology is part of it. Sustainability, how you clean your street, all of those things. These are all values. So if you understand this, SARS and mass, how can you and I become a person of value? How can you become a value-based person? Number one, know your value and adhere to it. Two, know the value of the organization where you work and don't go against it. Am I communicating? If the organization you work for, the church you work for, their value is contrary to your value, please leave. Did you hear what I said? You didn't hear? What did I say? No, what I said before I said. Please leave. That's it. If your value is not in alignment, not congruent, the best thing for you is to leave. Or you change your value because the organization will not change their value for you. 
If you stay there by fire, by force, you will be living under stress and you will never be fulfilled. And anything you do under stress will not glorify the Lord. Tell your neighbor, share your hearing. Value-based leadership is the idea that leaders should draw up upon their own and others' values, including those established for their organization, for direction and motivation. At its core, value-based leadership philosophy asserts that people are mostly motivated by values and live according to that beliefs. Therefore, it is critical that you and your organization understand your values work together towards identifying values for your organization and use them as the motivation to lead forward toward the desired vision and the future state that you desire for yourself and that the organization also desire for itself. There are four principles of value-based leadership. Number one is self-reflection. Number two is balance. Number three is self-confidence. And number four is genuine humility. You need to be self-aware of yourself so that you can reflect on who you are. Then there must be balance in everything that you do. Don't be too strict on yourself to the extent that you won't be ethical or you'll be so overtly ethical that you'll be wronging and wounding yourself. Then you must have true self-confidence. That this value you have set is achievable and I can do it. Then you must have genuine humility. You must be humble. If you are not humble, never forget that you came where you came from and now you got to where you are. Understand that the journey is still far and that it is only those who are able to reach there that will survive. So don't be too full of yourself. I spent 30 years as a Christian. How many did you serve? Use serving the Lord and not yourself. May the Lord give us understanding in Jesus' name. So please, another thing you need to know to have a man of value is that be authentic. Be authentic. Don't be pretentious. Don't be pretentious at all. The most authentic ministers are very transparent and they don't act like puff puff. They do things as it's supposed to be. They are genuine. There is no fake. Then the last thing is, please, if you have self-reflect, you have self-confidence, you exhibit balance, and you have genuine humility, please, and please, if you know your value, and you know the value of your organization, one thing you need to do is to continuously improve. Engage in continuous improvement. Don't stay where you are. Keep improving on regular basis. Find opportunity to relate with people that are greater than you so that they can draw you up. Then relate with those that you are lower than so that you can draw them up, not to drag you down. Am I communicating? One of the things I discover is that many Christians, at least the research you did, uh, before the COVID, like the 2018 or 2019, we discover that only 42% of ministers and workers have mentor or coach. 
Only 42, maybe 40 or 42 people. Only have mentor coach. Many of you don't have people who are brooding over your life. You don't have disciples. See, this Christian race, you can't run it alone. Go to organizations, big organizations, Google, um, Amazon, um, Citibank, all of them. The executive, the managing director, they have coaches and mentors who have seen life, who relate with them. Many of our leaders, many of our church leaders, don't have coaches and mentors. They are just there. They say, not God, not God. No. There are some things God has released to others that you can learn from. May God give you understanding. Tell your neighbor, don't run this race alone. It is dangerous. Go and find a coach. Go and find a mentor. It's not because I'm a coach, but I'm a coach. I'm a spiritual leadership coach. I'm an executive coach. That's what, I'm a disciple. I have a lot of disciples. Over 100 disciples, which I, which I brood over their lives. Either by telephone or one-on-one, -on -one, whatever, or by Zoom and what have you. I have them. And we have time to talk together, to listen together, to share things together, so that they will not run this race and fail. Many of you are too lonely. That's why you are stressed. God will help you. So, you have known everything concerning our our our, our something. So, friends, look at our 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 how to become value-based leader. Articulate your values. I've said it. Internalize your values, and then uh, also put them into practice deliberately and continuously. Improve on it. Then RCCG core values. You can see them. They are holiness, integrity, obedience, and transparency. Accountability means responsibility and stewardship. Resourcefulness, fruitfulness, uh, and diligence. Sacrifice, faithfulness, and hard work. All of these are very critical for you and I. And it is important that you align with it. If you don't align with it, there's no need for you to be pursuing shadows. You will need to align with them. Because if you are sacrificial, you'll be faithful. And you will work diligently. One of the things I just want to say here, resourcefulness is very key. Resourcefulness is very key. I don't want to talk about that one. Resourcefulness. Resourcefulness is having the ability to find clever ways to overcome difficulties. And you can also say is a is having the necessary resources to adapt to different situations and effectively solving the challenges. When you are resourceful, you will be truly fruitful. When you are resourceful, you will be diligent in whatever you do. You will need to develop resourcefulness, brother and sister. Gideon was very resourceful. In Judges 7, he used clay pots and trumpet to win a war. Samson, in Judges chapter 15, verses 3 to 5, and 14 to 16, he uses foxes, torches, and donkey of the jawbone of an ass to do what? To win his war. Joseph, in Genesis chapter 41, also was very resourceful that he was able to interpret the dream of Pharaoh 
and Pharaoh put him in charge to prepare the first seven years of abundance so that they can overcome the next seven years of famine. You need to be resourceful. Resourcefulness is very key. When you are resourceful, things will be very easy for you. So I like to say that resourcefulness and creativity, they work together. They work together. When you are resourceful, you are creative. And when you are resourceful, you will be fulfilled. When you are resourceful, you will have enjoyment of life. When you are resourceful, you will have authority and control. When you are resourceful, riches will be your own portion. All of these are result of being resourceful. So as a believer, this is an inner strength that you need to ensure that always you find good ways of doing things and solving problems. I've said this on this movie before. There is no parish that is on a hard ground. There is no parish that is on a hard ground. What is hard is the heart of men in that parish. Hello? Did you hear what I said? There is no parish that is on a hard ground. What is hard is the heart of men that is in that parish. Because 500 meter to 1 kilometer radius of that church, if you, if you look at the population that surrounds that church, you will discover that to get 200 people will be very easy if your heart is soft. May the Lord give you understanding in Jesus' name. So, in closing, Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord, not unto men. You want to be a valuable person? Do it unto the Lord. Don't do it because of your pastor. Don't do it because of your organization. Do it to the Lord. Because the Lord sees the heart. And he will reward you openly. You want to be, you want your church to be a church of value? Then follow their value. Do it as unto the Lord. Do it cheerfully. Don't do it other grudges. Because anything that you don't do in a cheerful manner has no result. Ladies and gentlemen, brethren, I call you to rise up from this meeting and go and leave your value and go and defend the value of your church organization. Thank you very much. The Lord bless you. We will entertain questions if you have any for us to. If you have any question, clarification, or comments? Yes. Who has? How would they? How would they talk? After you, let us speak the question. Can I see your hands? One, two. Are you lifting up your hand? One, one there, brother. <laughs> Two. 
Yeah, that's the second one. Go ahead, sir. Good morning, sir. Um, under the first uh, teaching that we had, uh, please, sir, can you help us to differentiate more properly between the enablers and the sustainers of issue? Thank you, sir. Can I, can I do that now? Can I do that? There are three levels of people in every vision. The first is the man or the woman that received the creative vision. And in most cases, when a man receives creative vision, he cannot walk it alone. God is going to send to him people. That's how you build your team. The enablers are the first call. The enablers are small. They may not be more than two or three. That's why you saw those who surrounded Moses were Aaron, Joshua, and um, the, the elders. They were very small compared to the old six million people. But the enablers, they are the ones that have seen their vision in the vision of the leader. And they are ready to die for the leader. Look at Joshua. Joshua was always with Moses. Aaron, they were always, if Aaron was the spokesman, whatever Moses and Aaron says, it is what Moses has told him to say. They are close to the visioner. And they walk very close to them, but they are small. They are also leaders. But they are at a lower level than the visioner. Now, it is the enablers that we now go and recruit the sustainers. The sustainers are many. There are many. If the enablers are five, the sustainer can be up to 50 in a large congregation. And these are people who also have seen their own vision, not just in the vision of the enablers, but in the vision of the visionary. They are, they are not the real grand troops. The Levites, talking of Kohathite, the Merarite, and the Gashonite. Then you are talking of the, the, the Netihins, the, that the singers. Then you are talking of the, the 70 elders, not the 12, the 12 leaders of the tribes. Those ones are, are the enablers. So, and all of these people, they are the ones who are going to sustain the vision. So, when you sustain, they are the ones who keeps it going. They are the ones who go to the congregation and talks about it to others. So that others also can have buying into that vision. It is the sustainer who make it known to every other person. They are also leaders, but they are the lower level. To build a vision, you need the creative visioner, you need the enablers, you need the sustainer. Hallelujah. Yes. Praise the Lord. So, um, when we were talking about the personal vision and the corporate vision, so my question is, uh, can the personal vision be so big that it now becomes bigger than the corporate vision? Otherwise, what are the causes of um, uh, people breaking out of the church 
and establishing their own ministry. And thank, they started from Thank the you very much. Personal vision cannot be bigger than the corporate vision under which you are serving. God may give you another vision which you cannot maintain under a corporate vision. That's why, you see, if people receive a fresh vision for a ministry and it cannot be contained under a corporate vision, then you will need to be separated and go away. It's not going to be fight. But when there is fight, it is not given by God. You need to understand that. Because in most personal vision and corporate vision I've seen, it is the leader himself that we said, you have served enough. You need to move ahead. I will give you this, I will give you this, I will give you this. You need to move ahead. I want to see you in several years to come and be visiting you. And that person will leave and will still be the son or the daughter of that person. And the person will still be going there as the father. But in most cases that you see, they leave and they say, that man not my father. Because they didn't live correctly. So a personal vision cannot be bigger than corporate vision. Every personal vision is subsumed under corporate vision. When God wants to give you a fresh vision that cannot be contained under a corporate vision, he will ask you to separate. I hope it's clear. It's very, you need to understand that. If it is God that called this leader, it's God that called me, it's God that called him, and he wants to leave, we should not fight. In fact, God will have told me that he's going. And I will encourage him and give him all the necessary support. Because if he doesn't go, where the land is going to, will be fallow ground, where he can also uh, plant the kingdom. Why should I fight him? What? Oh, okay. Ah, I was Praise the Lord. I was running away from you. Praise the Lord. Sorry, sir. Yeah, I have a question, sir. Uh, thank you very much for that powerful teaching. In one of your statements, when you are talking about values, okay, when you are talking about values, that uh, if your value does not agree with your corporate value, the best interest is for you to. So that I, I didn't say that. Okay. It is to shape your value to conform. And, it's, to, and, and it's, if it doesn't, then the best thing is to separate. To separate. So that yeah. you, are, you, you didn't talk yeah. to finish now. Okay, I'm say sorry, everything sir. I said. Don't just <laughs> abbreviate. I'm sorry, sir. No, so don't. Now, yeah, the, the, my question now is if there is a corporate value, because I'm speaking from the perspective as a chorister now, because I am from friends who have left the mission, the Redeemed Christian Church of God, because they felt that the mission of the church does not encourage excellence in the area of music. That's not true. Let me come down, sir. So that, that I, is I the, will that be explaining. That's not true. Yeah, that, is the, that is their own perception. perception and what they have seen over the years. And when, they, when, you, when you listen to them sometimes, Maybe as a corporate goal, it is not true, but by the virtue of the circle at which they operate, maybe that is what they saw that made them come to that conclusion. Now, the question now is, now I belong to this family, and I'm also seeing the same traits. Now, and I want to, please, in a way that I will not look and sound uh, 
as if I am fighting my fathers, as if I am uh, rebellious. rebellious. Thank you, sir. How can I go about it and uh, you know, let my fathers know that, sir, for me to be very, like, you made a very you know, vital statement that really touched my spirit, that you don't serve God uh, uh, with stress. That when we you know, should serve God, say we should serve God with joy. So, what when, when I'm beginning to feel the stress and I don't want to go, I have the burden to stay because the, everything has to do with burden. I have the burden to stay. How can I influence my fathers to ensure things are done properly? Thank you, sir. All you need is relationship. You don't have any problems, sir. Relationship and communicate. There are so many of us here. We have been in this church. We've been here for 30 something years. Yes, me and Pastor Akande were a teacher in baptismal class. Yes, now. We were at Nari Walker, 30 something years. This is Nari Poluoli. We've been here and we have been ministry, both within and without. But our leaders, we informed them at that time. This is what the Lord has given us to disciple the church. And we were ministering outside. And we were coming back to the corporate. We were ministering outside. There's nothing. If, if you allow your leader to know your plans, he will cover you with prayer. He will also cover you. But the problem is that many of us don't want to bow under the cover. We want to do things on our own. And that's not correct. A man that lasts in ministry is a man under cover. And we call that cover the place of refuge. Where you stay and you are brood over. Then you go out then you come back. Hallelujah. Communicate and relate. Are you with me? Two things work, although in the corporate, it's also work in the church. Competency currency and relationship currency. Just because you are competent and you have the necessary skill does not mean that people you don't relate with will lift you up or cover you. No. You need both. You need competency, currency, and relationship currency. And many of us don't have relationship currency. When you have relationship currency, that is what will speak for you behind closed doors. Praise the Lord, sir. It's like you tell too much in this church. <laughs> Thank you very much, sir. Uh, talking about visions and values, God gave a vision to Peter in Acts chapter 10 about the Gentiles and the values. Yeah. And then Peter obeyed. He went after Cornelius. But when he got back to Jerusalem, because of the institutional values, he was not ready to identify some of the visions and God's visions and values. He took Paul, confronted. Paul confronted Peter about this issue. When he was to eat with the Gentiles. Yes, sir, with the Gentiles. He now, was sir, separated himself. Yes, sir. Because of the, 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 the custom, values. The custom. Yes, sir. Sir, if everyone in every organization, in every institution, be it church institution, let's just limit ourselves to church institution. Is it, if everyone is living, sir, 
if Paul had left and said, okay, Peter, because of what you have done, I will go out of this situation. I think that maybe some people should remain and confront, not quote and unquote, not in a rebellious challenge, way. Yes, to challenge, to challenge it such things. So that we can refine it. Exactly, sir. So that's just my... No, your, your question is quite right. But let me say this thing to you, sir. What happened in Acts chapter 10? In Acts chapter 10, when, I say, when um, the Lord showed the vision of the white sheet, that was where Peter was supposed to have said, yes, Lord, I will do it. But he said no. He said no. He rejected it. That was why God wanted to send Peter to the, to the Gentile. But he refused it. But he still must do the first one with Cornelius. Why Paul was the apostle to the Gentile? Because he obeyed the Lord on the road to Damascus. Why they were fighting? He, the reason why Paul challenged Peter was not on value. It was on Judaic value. So it, it, it has nothing to do with the church, the New Testament, the New Covenant church value. No. The reason why Paul challenged was the, that was not the value of the New Covenant church. It was the Judaic covenant and value that Paul was talking about. I, I hope that is clear, sir. So, if you are in an organization and the value that they have is incongruent with your own. If you have another job, you can go somewhere else. If you don't have another job, you shape your value to fit the organization. And if it doesn't fit, start writing letter of, um, of application so that you can go. I hope you know where you are going, whether the value also will be... So by the time you know, you'll be going from pillar to post and nothing go better. May God help us. Alright, there are some questions here. The first one says, Thank you, sir. We were delivered and teacher. Okay, we're ashamed. My question has to do with our timing in our parishes because some parishes close as late as 1 p.m. and this is affecting the attendance greatly. Is there no specific closing time for Sunday service? Uh, Pastor... Pastor, we will answer. Um, <laughs> Pastor, your APP will answer. What, what if you are under a leader that is not listening to your suggestion? Listen, oh. Your leader is not listening to your suggestion. Please, sir. It's not bound to listen to your suggestion. You need to earn it. Hello? Did you hear me? You need to what? You need to earn it. Wait, just listen. If you are suggesting to your leader, we need to first of all find out who you are. What's your life in the ministry before you are suggesting? How regular are you in church 
activities and what have you. How close you are with other leaders. Have you suggested at the lower level for us to consider your suggestion at the upper level? Am I communicating? You need to build yourself up and show yourself so that your leader can see you as a person of dignity and value to be listened to. I hope you are with me. You can't just say you are suggesting. Who are you? Bolotiwa? There is need. I'm just saying, you can suggest, but you can't just suggest on microphone or megaphone. Suggestions are tete and tete. And when you are going to suggest, suggest in a way that will add value to what you want to condemn. Let, don't let your suggestion be condemnation. Let it be critical and be constructive with rest, with answers that can be followed. Then, but you need to have win this over time so that you can be recognized as a good suggester. You clearly explained that an ineffective and inefficient ministers are likely to be wasteful and not achieving good results. And such should be removed or resigned voluntarily. In our system, RCCG, such cases, such cases are widely known but tolerated, grossly resulting in poor overall performance. Should our leaders continue in such repeating the truth as revealed by you today? Friends, what I've just taught you is what I teach at the master's level in, in seminary in terms of Christian leadership. The, the quadrant, the one ineffective and that's the lower, quad, the lower left quadrant, ineffective and inefficient. We will set them aside. Setting aside I'm not saying you should remove them. Set them aside. What you are to do with them is subject to a lot of discussion in seminary. There are so many things we need to do with them. Because in Christianity, we don't discard people. We rehabilitate people. I didn't have enough time to talk to you what you need to do with each of them. Even the stars. There are developmental processes you need to do with the star. If not, if you don't keep on with the stars, that is the effective and the efficient, they might drop there or they might drop there. Are we communicating? So, the ineffective and inefficient, you need to set them aside and now put them in what we call nursery. There's a spiritual nursery where you put them and start nursing them based on their deficient and defective part. That can take years before they are returned back into church. We don't sack them in church. Amen? Am I communicating? So that person does it. Don't be annoyed. It is because we have not created what I've just said. And it's been done in some churches where they separated people like that. They will use, some of you who are in nature, we use the nine grid box or the 16 grid box. And we separate them into nine 
nine boxes or 16 boxes. And all of them are treated differently. But they are going to be pushed into leadership as time goes on. Hallelujah. So that's uh, the way I will answer that question. In, in, uh, in church, we don't sack people. We don't sack. Just like uh, one church did some time ago, sacking pastors. It's not done. It's not done. Don't, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not godly. We don't sack people. We, we rehabilitate people because God cannot uh, reject anybody. All of us, if God rejects us, eh? the man where they stand before you now, I'll be a bad man before. I know be, I know be correct man when I did the world. But God rehabilitated me because of mercy. And I can stand here and say, Praise the Lord. Let us stand to pray. you just lift up your hand and say, Father, anything in my life that is not many making game for you, please approve them in Jesus' name. Can you pray? Anything in my life not profiting you, not making game for you, please approve them, Lord. me more dangerous. Hallelujah. Years back, no one will speak about legal documentation. But in our age, things are in a speed they were evolving. And that's why we have to move the, with the time. So as a pastor, as a minister, we are now at a time when we should be alive to our responsibility. And there is no way any pastor or any minister can say, oh, I'm not aware of it. Ignorance of the law is not an excuse. Amen. So that's why we have to be up and doing and we have to be knowledgeable. And the only way we can get knowledge is through this type of conferences. So there is a legal magazine that say Deligators non potest deligare. The meaning of that is that we are the age when even when you are not a lawyer but by the position that you are occupying it places certain responsibility upon your head. So that at the end of the day, you are not going to say, ah, I don't know about it. Praise the Lord. You are the chief executive officer of your parish. Hallelujah. In every sphere of that parish, in administration, in everything, at the end of the day, the authority will call upon you. How did you do this? Come and explain this. How did this one go? Then you are expected to be able to be alive to your responsibility. It's my prayer.
that none of us will be blamed in this work. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. So, we want to look at certain aspects of documentation. May I tell you, even in law, if you go to the uh, evidence at 2011, documents were not given specific uh, meanings. What we have, even in the law, evidence law, is to give us certain uh, papers that qualifies as documents. So it's not for you to know what documents are. So I will not run into the problem of divining document. I'm not going to divine document. Amen. What I'm going to do is going to I'm going to give you one or two things that you can recognize as documents. So in section 258 of the Evidence Act 2011, document includes books, maps, plans, graphs, drawings, photographs, letters, figures, marks, by which a man will be able to recognize what are the type of papers that I need to store up. So storing of these documents are what is meant by documentation. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And as you know, that the world is moving or has moved into electronic age, where every facet of life is governed by the internet and the accompanying edges of progress. In the years before, there are certain documents, ordinarily, that would not be recognized as documents. But in our age, they are documents. And they have been interpreted at every level of course for these particular things to be documented. What do I mean? Any disk, any tape, any sound track, or other devices, sounds, data that are embodied and capable of being reproduced from their documents. Amen. Documents have been expanded because of the time we are. Any film, any negative, any tape, or other device in which one or more visual images are embodied are capable and capable of being reproduced is qualified to be called a document. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So I will give you a little background because I have a limited time. We are going to go into certain documents that in the church we are going to need for smooth operation of our churches. Not only smooth operation, so at the end of the day, if issues, any issues arise, we'll be able to know that yes, I'm ready for any query. You can be called upon at any time 
as a pastor, as a minister, come and explain this. And as I said earlier, you cannot say, ah, it was my minister. Oh, it was my treasurer. Oh, it was one of the ushers that did this. You are responsible for everything about that parish or that zone or that area. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number one, we are going to look at the issue of tenancies. Many of our parishes are tenants in where we are. And some of us, we don't take cognizance of the importance of documents that married you with the landlord. There must be a document, and it's called a tenancy agreement. One province called me about three weeks ago, and they gave me their tenancy, the draft of the tenancy agreement for one of their top uh, areas. And they said, don't worry, we have read through the document. I said, if you have read through the document, why did you bring it to me? But at the end of the day, I discovered that that tenancy agreement, there was a clause that said the tenancy is for three years starting. Amen. Three years starting. That starting is a lot and a lot of uh, phrase in that agreement. When a tenancy is for three years certain and there is no renewal clause in that agreement, it means when you spend your three years, you have to vacate. And you don't want to vacate, you now negotiate for a fresh agreement. And at that time, you are entitled, you will be called upon to come and pay for agency and legal fee. Because it's a new agreement entirely. And if you refuse, they want to eject you from that premises, you are not entitled to any quick notice. What you are entitled to, to is what is called seven days notice. Amen. Amen. So definitely, if you don't give that agreement to a legal mind, there will be a problem. That's why you are very, very knowledgeable and you are very, very much educated. But in this place, we are not talking about only education. We are talking about legal minds to scrutinize and look at every details of everything put into writing. Once an agreement is signed, it is binding. Praise the Lord. Do you know once that agreement has been reduced to writing, oral testimony is not allowed. You cannot say, hey, it was that man that told me that I should sign. He does, I mean, he didn't mean to me what he put in that agreement. God will not allow you to come and say that. Amen. So in that your parish, make sure that your tenancy agreement and everything that concerns your occupation in that place is well spelled out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God will help us in the mighty name of Jesus. What of lease agreements? Lease agreements are of more duration than tenancy agreements. Do you know that if a lease 
is above certain uh, period, it has to be registered before you can have benefits under that agreement. Amen. Amen. So again, we want to talk about contract of sale. I'm using Lagos State as a study case because we are operating from Lagos State. In Lagos State, there are so many land documents that you need to ask for before you can go into any sale agreement. We have CFO, both state and federal, because in Lagos State, as of today, some lands have been governed by the federal government. They have CFO. And those documents are kept at federal land registry at Ikoyi. We have CFO for states kept at land registry at Alausa. There are uh, some lands that are covered by gazettes. And the gazettes have to be verified and make sure that it is well gazetted. Not only that, there are purchase receipts and agreements. That's the most common, anyway, in Lagos State. Oh, where you are coming? Is that uh, land has any title document? To the ignorant, they say, oh, there's a title document. We have purchase receipts and we have deed of agreement that was not registered. Praise the Lord. There is a way to treat that. Even in our own private life, you want to buy a piece of land, and the only document is a survey. May I tell you that survey is not a title document. If you look at the heading of any survey, this land said to belong, praise the Lord, is not confirming the authenticity of the ownership of that land. It's only given a description of that land. And so many surveys in Lagos State now are not genuine. Any survey that is not lodged with Survey Generals of Lagos State, that you cannot go to the Survey General's office and say, please charge this document for me, and you are able to get through. It's not a survey. These are little, little things we have to know. Praise the Lord. And when we are buying a land that is covered with CFO, there is a way to draft it. Because at the end of the day, we are going to get a document that is consented to by the governor of Lagos State. If it's from federal government, there is a way to prepare it. Apart from the deed of assignment, you have to prepare a letter of authority for you to register that title with federal, with Minister of Works announcing. And apart from that, you are going to file an affidavit that you have really, really sold that land to the person that is presenting the document. Amen. Amen. What of our full building plan? Lagos State is at the stage where all the anomalies of the past wants to be corrected. They want to correct every absurd uh, building patterns in Lagos State. So it's going to be an error 
for anybody to build in Lagos State as are today without an approved building plan. Amen. Amen. So, even in your private capacity, make sure you get every necessary document before you start to build up your house or your parish. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What of donations of landed property? If you want to donate your land to the church, the first approach is that there must be a letter from you to the church donating that building or that uh, piece of land. After that, we are going to do an investigation upon your title document and upon the people, the people surrounding you. Discrete investigation. Uh, do you know Chief so Your neighbors eh, should be able to know now, ah, he has been here for the past 30 years. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Ah, we knew the time he moved to this community. You can't just want to give a church your property and we do the investigation. And say, Who is? We don't know him. That's a notice, a constructive notice. Apart from that, you have to submit all your documents. So we do necessary investigation. Apart from that, we are going to drop a deed that is called deed of gift. Deed of gift is a document that verifies that really you have submitted and you have given your land to church for the reasons that you are going to tell us. It may be for the propagation of the gospel, it may be because you got your healing from that church and you want to be appreciative to God for what he has done for you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Because we have so many instances. After giving the land to the church, maybe after 10 or 15 years, the man will come back again. I'm changing my mind. Well, it won't be possible again because already you have been committed. If there is no document and there is no documentation, how do you want to prove that at a point in time, that man gave the property to the church? So all these are very necessary. Amen. We have higher purchase agreements, building agreements, we have supplies agreement. We have employment agreement. Because of our time, I won't be able to go to all that. And uh, in several cases in court, it has been established that the best rule of evidence is bring out the documents. Amen. You want to prove anything for you not to sweat at all where is your documents. Once you are able to show your document anywhere, even in court, 90% of the problem has been solved. 
the only issue that will remain, as I told you earlier, is that you have bought a property, you have built it, and you have been living on it for the past 30 years, and the only document transferred to you by the assignor is the purchase receipt and the survey. You didn't go further than that. There is a problem. Amen? It's very risky. You have to go above what you have been given. Upon that survey and uh, receipt, purchase receipt, you can apply for certi- I mean, certificate of occupancy. Certificate of occupancy will put you in the legal rights. If it's only the document you have is the uh, purchase receipt and survey, what you have is just an equitable interest. Amen. That can be defeated by a person that bought without notice of your being on that land. And he went ahead to do his uh, certificate of occupancy. He has a priority over that than you. So we have to take this into mind in everything we do. Amen. You are here this morning and you are into production of food and drug documentation. The National Agency for Food and Drug Administration Control, NAVDAC, was established as a regulatory body for food and drug and non-medical products. If you are into production of food, you package chichin, you package honey, you package flour, anything at all, you are the one that is packaging it, and you put your label, your address, your phone number, and everything on that product, but without have that number, in future, there may be problem. What can be the problem? If there is any consumption of that product, and one or two people are harmed by that product will be held liable. Amen. Amen. And the liability we are talking about is what is called strict liability. When you want to establish uh, the ingredients of strict liability in uh, establishing uh, the issue of uh, culpability, in uh, criminal investigation and criminal prosecution, there are two elements. There is what is called mens rea and acus rea. Amen. But in the case of strict liability, mens rea is dispelled. It's not allowed. The only thing the court and the investigator and the prosecutor is going to look for is the actus reus. Are you the one that actually produced it? That's the only thing they are going to establish. How many of us remember the issue of my picking several years ago? My picking. My picking was uh, something that was being administered to uh, children that are teething, teething powder. And along the line, that product was not registered. 
And I think, I mean, maybe it was poisoned or something like that. Several babies died. And they went for the owner of that product. If not for the fact that he died, he would have been convicted. Praise the Lord. Along the line, he died during the persecution. Maybe he poisoned himself because he knew that he's culpable. So please, those little, little products, even hand sanitizers, praise the Lord, soap, you come to the church premises, you are selling jars of honey. At the end of the day, after the service, your goods is turned to a commercial center. Praise the Lord. Make sure that those products are well documented in case of anything that will happen in the future. And why the NAVDAC is there is that they are going to subject that product to several tests and analysis. And at every day, once they have been able to give you a number, the place is fit for human consumption. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Copyright. Copyright. Copyright can be defined as the title which an author has in the protection of intellectual property. Amen. Amen. You are an original creator of a work of a cinema, of a song. If you don't register the copyright commission, you won't have any right over that work. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. So if you are here and you are able to produce one or two things, make sure you go for copyright. It will help you. Amen. Amen. So in essence, it delimits the users on how a top party can use the title and not all as work upon. We are in digital age. You produce a film and without your authority, people are using it just anyhow. Let me give you an example. How many of us know Papa Ajasko? Have you heard about that name before? You know, there's a special way. Papa Ajasko, I mean, Bab is here. That, uh, the way he Bab down here is registered. Yes. One day, Papa Ajasko went out and went to a party, wedding party, and he started to act as Papa Ajasko. The same Papa Ajasko with the hairdo that was meant for another company. He was arrested. You may be Papa Ajasko, but the product on your head doesn't belong to you. Yes. 
is a different entity. That's here, here too, has been registered by a company. One day, Adenuga Production is the owner. So you can't just go out and start to entertain anybody. It's not possible. So that's exactly we are talking about documentation. Document your originality. Amen. And uh, you are lucky if you do copyright for your product. Many last for 70 years, like literary works. If you publish a book, nobody can quote from that book without consulting you. Nobody can use that book for any other purpose without your permission. And that will be on for 70 years. If it is artistic work, it's going to be for 70 years. Cinematography is for 50 years. Films, sound recording, broadcasting, these are all the works that you can copyright. We are not going to conditions for eligibility because of our time. Trademark. A trademark can be described as a sign or symbol placed or, or used in relation to one's trader's good or services to distinguish them from similar goods or services supplied by other traders. Amen. Amen. As I said, other that products, you can register it under trademark. It gives you the exclusivity of that product. Even if you see anything, not even like it, but similar to it, you look at it and you say, ah, this thing can confuse the people. I will challenge it. You have the right to challenge it. Not even exactly the way your own is. There is a similarity. And there are remedies. It's called passing off a law. There are remedies. You can go to court and say you want to claim damages. You can go to court and claim injunction. You can go to court and say bring that product. Every profit that has been made along the line, come and account for it. These are the rights that you have. They be registered. How do you want to claim these rights? Amen. Patent and designs. Patent and designs is the grant of a monopoly to an investor. You have sleepless nights, so many experiments, so many designs, and, and you, are, you are expected to enjoy what you have used your brain to create. So if you have a patent, nobody will be able to copy that invention for 20 years. It may be a machine, it may be a tool, it may be anything, but it must be original. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So that, within that period, you'll be able to exploit the invention. Other products, like tires, 
there is a company that is called Standard Organization of Nigeria. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And uh, what thank you. What you are expected to do is to submit your products to that organization. Finally, we I can't do this paper without mentioning that. Will. There is nothing that precludes a pastor from making his or her will. There is no one living. Because we have a beginning, definitely there have been an end. Am I right? So we should be futuristic. Look at what your children will pass through. You don't put pen on paper about how you want your estate to be managed after your demise. Any estate that is not properly indicated by will will be managed under the intestacy law. It means your custom, your tradition, everything will be at play. In some societies, women are charters that can be acquired. Immediately the man goes, only Praise the Lord. Yes, it's the tradition or custom of some people. The wife becomes automatically the property of the brother, maybe the junior brother. And everything that you have labored for will now go to a third party. What of the woman and the children that you have very lofty ideas for? They will not be able to inherit what you have worked for over the years. Hallelujah. Look at what is happening in Nigeria as today. Look at Evary Williams. How many of us have heard about the problem with the estate of Evary Williams? It's everywhere. Very majestic uh, estate. It was quantified to be over 72 billion naira. And the children are right. One wife, four children. They are no guy, even to the point of death. Hallelujah. Not to allow this to happen at our demise. I want to encourage us. Even that the GO said, once you are about 40, if I'm right, go home and do your will. Put your house in order. When they interviewed uh, Lady Willem that died recently, he said, the only thing I regretted in life was my father did not put his house in order. Please don't let your children say that after your demise. Praise the Lord. Finally, in the next two minutes, importance of legal documentation. Number one, documentation excludes oral evidence since it is written down. Divining the limit, scope, and obligation of parties involved. Number two, it settles and distinguishes obligations of the parties. Number three, it creates certainty in relationship, thereby leaving ambiguity out. Number four, the faintest ink is better than strongest 
memory. You may forget certain, but once it is in documentation, you will not forget it. Brothers and sisters, what we are saying this morning is that you cannot say that you don't know what you are expected to do about documentation. Hallelujah. So it is advisable, therefore, that every one of us should be able to know what to document. Know what you are going to document, when to document it, and where to do the documentation. Thanks for your attention. Serious notice of this, every parish by the redeemed Christian Church of God standard must have this. Number one, the one close to the shoulder of that guy that is looking up and asking questions just as we are doing. Internet. Internet. Now you call data. That every parish must also have camera recording everything just as is happening in this place now. Every parish must have a laptop or a desktop. It is mandatory. Every parish must have a portal that they call interactive website. And all our boys of nine years, teenagers, they can develop a portal, a website. And it's not as costly as it used to be anymore. So ask yourself this question. Do you have this? If no, after now, you will sit down with your pastor. All these are no more expensive as it used to be. You must have this. And in your own personal businesses, if you run a shop or you run any small businesses, if you don't have this also, you are not in business. The life we live now is no more offline. Just check it. If your phone is dead, it's like you are partially dead. Something happened a few days ago that was up and associated peripheral just for a few hours was off. It's like the whole world is coming to an end. So any parish that is not having these tools, take note in the redeemed Christian Church of God, you are to have it. Why? The question I ask why. Why must you have it? Look at the next slide. There's a question there. Why must you have a digital parish? In the whole world today, we are a little above 7 billion. 4 billion human beings are on the internet every second. Out of these 4 billion, 3 billion are on social media. In every one minute, 1 million people are on Facebook. 3.8 million are on Google. Indeed, I'm not a prophet, but I suspect one or two people will be here now. They are playing with their phone. And they are nowhere but on Facebook. When you wake up in the night, your hand touch your phone. And you either go to WhatsApp or Facebook. Our life has been configured that way. And pastors must know that we must fish in rivers where there are fishes. 
we must, our parishes must be on our phone, not in the former address we used to say that's our parish. 4.5 million people are watching video on YouTube every minute. And of course, those of us that are on Instagram. These are realistic statistics that are genuinely and correct. And so as evangelists, as pastors, as ministers, you must take your message to where people are. And so, pastor, as you take note, the question I therefore want to ask is, why should your parish be digital? Why? The number one reason is that the whole world is now digitalized. For example, if we want to talk about banking, every aspect of banking now by fintech is digitalized. That's why you have ATM. That's why you have USSD. That's why you have Internet banking. And there is no amount of money you want to collect on internet banking in the comfort of your home that you cannot collect. There is no amount, depending on the level of your grace, that you cannot transfer. You can transfer 20,000. You can transfer 10,000. You can transfer anything. What of schools? Gone are the days that your school is limited to your address. Schools, education, whether university, whether secondary school, they are online school, virtual school now. What of medicine? You want to do operation in Nigeria, doctors from Saudi Arabia, doctors from US, in their location, they will be doing operation on a patient that is in Nigeria. So if every other aspect of life has gone digital, church, what are you waiting for? It is a must. It's not a thing that we will do. No, it's, it's a must to be done. And that's what the Redeemed Christian Church of God asks us to inform you that the whole world is. That is why on your phone, you can call somebody in America through maybe WhatsApp, face to face, you will be seeing the person. We don't know what is next. And what is next, except the child use it, you only pay for us. Everything in the world is digitalized. Why should it be digitalized again? You must be able to reach the parishioners that are far from you. There are some people, by any reason, they will be unavoidably absent at a meeting. They travel for a wedding in Ibadan. Somebody may be in Ibadan now. If we are connected, they will be enjoying as much as we are enjoying the Holy Ghost services. When last were you in camp? At the comfort of your home, through Dove Media, on your phone, anywhere you are, you will be as blessed as being physically present. There is no distance in the realm of the Spirit as long as you have access to the message. Why should your parish be digitalized? The third reason is that there are some people that are homebound. Who are the people that are homebound? Nursing mothers. You can't give back today, Saturday, and appear in church tomorrow. They will conduct deliverance for you. But you may be in hospitals, you may be at home, on your phone, you will not miss your church. There are some elderly, very, very old. They stay back at home. Nobody has risen this day that cannot attend fellowship as long as you can connect to internet. We are in a borderless church, ladies and gentlemen. And if you don't do it, 
People will be physically seated in your church and they will be attending other church on their phone in your presence. I'm still on slide three. It's like the fellow on the computer is fast, fast than me. And so, therefore, the redeemed Christian Church of God said, which will inform you, the cyber congregation is far on the increase. People attending Holy Ghost service, for example, now are less than 20% or 50%, they say, of people attending Holy Ghost services globally. How many people will be in the redemption camp? But people all over Nigeria, all over the world, they are watching the service, they are being blessed, and the church at large, all from, they are being blessed more than this. So I want to explain again that your parish must be digital. It's said to capture services event for archive purpose. If you are digital, you are using your phone or you are using any equipment, it is recorded, it is saved. You can refer to it anytime you need it. And in this age and your time and my time that they call the connected world, data is the king. Keeping data. And this is achievable through online. I mentioned here again that your parish will be feasible globally. And therefore, adopting digitalization for your businesses personally, for your parish, is a thing that we must improve upon if we have started using. Expand. And if you are not started, today is the day that we will start. It has many benefits. And benefit number one is that it will increase your finance. The church is being blessed now more than before. Because when you say offering time, people can squeeze 200 naira, 100 naira in their hand. But when you display the account number of your parish on the screen, you will think twice to transfer 200 naira because you'll be charged 50 naira. And so people are around the world, they are transferring to your church account with ease. It is, the benefit is awesome. People don't, that don't have money at that moment, when they get home, they can transfer. That is on finance. It's increased revenue. You have wider reach. There's no physical boundary. It gives people sense of relaxation and comfort. And people can just choose a device to what? You can use telephone. You can use television. You can use a laptop. It gives you the reach that is better. What are the tools that you need to engage this? That's next slide. The tools that you need, let's take note of it. Number one is internet, access to internet, a computer, a laptop, or a telephone. And of course, a presence. The presence means a website. And this is not limited to your body, including your business. If you're a focalizer, get an online address. Because people can call you from, by knowing your address. All businesses are displaceable on social media. In our church, we need email address for our parishes. And the email address should not carry the personal name of a pastor. 
pastor is soldier God, soldier come. Your pastor will soon be transferred. It should be the name gateway at gatewaythecathedral.com. That's the email address. So that if anybody wants to reach or send mail, it should be the first name of your parish and then the parish name, depending on whatever you give it. You must have smart people that you will train, that we call the media department. They are the ones that will be doing it for you as your word is coming forth. They don't. You can see transformation we are enjoying now from the GEO administration at the Holy Ghost service. It comes in different messages. Prophecies come before the end of the service. Important words come before the end of the service. And it's been distributed all over the world. And people that are not even members of the team, they are capturing it, they are using it. So, uh, General Overseer is no more serving the redeemed Christian Church of God, he's serving the body of Christ globally. Even those that are not body of Christ. Same thing can happen to us. So every pastor must know, raise a team of media people that will create a, a website for you and all our messages are sufficient material to develop a blog. Our team know how to do that. Your media people will know how to do it. So that every of your Sunday message is a blog material. They will rewrite it for you in a way that is internet compliant and they will send it out with their phone or with their camera, any record they, 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 they snap either from the service or from the meeting or digging deep, when they broadcast it, it gives members of your parishes more, more, more sense of belonging. Have you not noticed on your church WhatsApp pages that when anybody, what people do most now on WhatsApp pages of our churches is the birthday celebration or your prayer for them in the morning. People get involved. When you show their faces that today is so, 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 so bad day, as they are congratulating the person, the person belongs, this is my family. Because most of all, there's nobody outside that is celebrating us other than the people in the church that we belong to. So, these are important. An SMS also from the follow-up department. Our members, to retain them, they must be reading news from us. If you don't send things to connect them, they will try another place. So it is very important that we keep our people involved. So I want to ask the questions that pastors will work on. And I call it, now what is next? In the Bible, it is written, faith comes by hearing. In our time, faith comes speedily by seeing. Most of the churches that are, you are not display your song on the screen. What choir are singing most of the time? We don't hear, we don't know until we see and read it. So each parish is advised under the digital instruction of the Redeemed Christian Church of God to have projector, project messages, project scriptures, project songs. And these things are not as costly as it used to be. So you've got to project the announcement, project images of people. If services is going on now, and suddenly you see yourself on the screen, joy will come to your heart. It's my turn today. Look at me. As if everyone is taking note of you. Very important. Indeed, a lot of people pray that Holy Ghost service, let me be shown so that the whole world will see me. 
I'd like to mention, Pastor, good attention. Every unit of the church must have dedicated WhatsApp group, choir, usher, all the departments, all the natural groups, including the teenagers. And pastors must be admin of each and all groups. I like to use my own parish as an example. We have 19 different WhatsApp groups in my parish. Fellowship is back to back in my parish. I will, I will show you what we call library fellowship. On Sunday, we met physically. Tuesday, digging deep. Thursday, physically. Every other days of the week, we have online parishes. Online fellowship. Group by group. Group by group. Group by group. And people that are choosing to be the captain of that group, they act as if they are the pastors in charge. When I join, I'm just ordinary floor members. We are in a connected season. In the management palace, they call it connected economy. If you are not connected, you are disconnected. And the pastors that don't connect their people, they will by grace connect to another fellowship online. There's no more vacuum. That is why you see an average man carry the phone. They are going to the toilet, they carry the phone. They want to sleep. A lot of people sleep now with their phone. Our life has been ported. Our life has been shifted. We are partially offline and online. This is not our choice. It's choice. It is by the compelling of the season we live now. Christ is coming soon. And every other person in the world today will be connected so that there will be one government to reach us wherever you are. So please, each department, each unit, it is that is the least you can do. All of us here now, if we are 500 or 1,000 people here, percentage of those not on Facebook or Instagram will be less than 10. So each of our parishes must be on Facebook. That is where people go. We must have YouTube channel. And anything is acceptable on YouTube. You can carry your phone like this and just sing one song, one song, one song. You can upload it on YouTube. Nobody will reject you. Every message of our pastors is acceptable. Facebook live streaming. Acceptable on YouTube. There's no correct, there's no wrong or right information. With time, we grow. With time, we grow to make it better. I must set up email, Gmail, or Yahoo. These are free email services. Nobody's paying for it. And of course, you know that pastors must also be conducting. So there are some redeemed Christian church of God today. Their midweek services are online. It's more gainful. We had a meeting here last Saturday. The young adult and youth event, we were like this many. Our father led up the PRCP. He ministers from far distance away as if he's seated with us. That the GO will be ministering in camp as if he's seated in your living room. I guess our pastor should also start that now because that is the expectation of our mission. There are two phenomenal churches in town now that are doing wave online. Most members of Redeem are the people populating these churches. Do you know there are some online churches now? And the Redeemed Christian Church of God, the next phase of our growth is that 
we will be start having online parishes. No physical address. Such, pas- such parishes are already existing in Lagos today. Not for the dean, but they will have more members. Why? Convenience. Why? Populations. The way the world is going is the way we must go. We can't back the world and expect progress. You use Google Form to get your data. I mentioned again in the next slide that we record all our messages. If a pastor listens to his message after presentation, the pastor will get better the next Sunday because you will see your mistakes. That's the reason why we record it. When they play it to you, you will ask yourself, oh, am I the one that say, I go there yesterday instead of I went there yesterday? You won't want to make the mistake next Sunday. So, very important. This is the reason. Let's begin to transmit. There are many free radio online. I mentioned here also the website, the media team, the trainers people. And from Gateway Cathedral, we can train your personnel from your church. We will train them free of charge. There's a team in the young adults of this province. We will provide the training for them. So no excuse. So please let our pastors begin to host online program so that we will be where the world is. Let me conclude because I'm checking my time on to what I now say. What does redeem expect of you? That will be my last slide. Effective parish is a parish that is holding hybrid services. Next slide. I will stop at this slide. From tomorrow, hybrid service. Hybrid services is a combination of physical worship and online fellowship. That's how many redeemed churches are doing. Those ones that are very close to the ocean. But those of us on this side, let's put and join them. Online, offline. Sunday, we physically gather. In the evening, we have house fellowship. On Monday, you can say men fellowship are praying. Monday evening. And you know when men are when men are praying in the evening, wives join, children join. Tuesday, digging deep. Wednesday, prayer squad, good women on different WhatsApp groups. Thursday, faith clinic, elders are praying, teenagers are praying. Friday, pastors busy with everybody online. Stay in your bedroom, stay everywhere. Saturday again, choir rehearsal. Choir can do rehearsal online. Oh. You know, most great gospel artists today, they are ministering to the whole world from a small cubicle in the backyard of maybe their room and they are effectively impacting lives. Beginning from today, the redeemed Christian Church of God says, conduct from all our parishes hybrid services. It gives us worldwide spread. A church without border. And there is no excuse. You can be inside buses, coming from island to here. You put on your phone, you put on your hairspace, and you are connected. You have instant access. You won't waste money on transportation to church. And you give your parishioner options of what to choose. We realize, for example, joy in the morning. The last joy in the morning in this province 
I was privileged to be here. Our PSCP, the father of the province, was ministering far away. So I'm connected to him before I came here. When I came, those of us online were more than those of us physically here. So what excuse do we have? In my church, just as an example, our first day of the month, we broadcast it, we broadcast it to many people that are far out of Lagos. Those of us online are more than those of us physically present. Pastors, they are our products, our messages, if it is well cooked, it must be consumed outside reading. Not limited to wall, wall of our parishes. So this is the reason why we say your people have instant accesses, it give you growth, it make people around the world to connect to you. It give you options to the member, it increases participation in your program. And you know when you are ministering, people can send they can send request, pray for me, I have eye problem. Pray for me, it's my leg. And you will be seeing it, for example, if you are using Facebook Live. And you will just mention, anyone with eye problem is clear. And God will honor your work. You know, when you are in your parish, as you are ministering, as just as you are looking at me, everybody will be looking at pastor like this. Online, it is interactive. People can write something that people will get. And so, it also encourages members to live. The tension, the redeemed Christian Church of God leadership. They believe that if we combine offline and online, our members will be satisfied. We cannot back the work. We must go in the direction of the work. I want to submit here that beginning from today, provide variety of services, provide variety of options, and let your parishioner choose the one that they want to consume. The only thing is that when you are both online and offline, it creates more work for the leadership of the church and it also gives them grace to monitor what is happening. I want to submit here that we are in the digital revolutions. We cannot afford to be analog. God bless every one of us. God bless you. Hallelujah. Let's clap for our pastor. That's our IT guru. And coincidentally, he has made my own portion very, very simple. Praise the Lord. I want to thank the leadership for giving us this opportunity to come and talk to us. I want to talk about finance aspects. You know, whenever you gather like this, just like when we are asked to give our offering, there's always a time of money. Like uh, people will say, money is what? It's the wheel of uh, evangelism. And there's nothing you want to do, even in the present day, that the monetary issues will not come in. So what we want to do now is just to talk briefly about the financial management in the digital church that we have been talking about. If you must grow, money also must grow along. If you don't have money, it is quite very difficult for you to be able to do things that you need to do in improving the parishes. So we just want to 
in your manual just five items you want to talk about. You want to talk about the budgetary control, the income and cash control, the expenditure control or management, then internal control as well as the technical support services. First Corinthians 4 verse 2 tells us that moreover is expected in the steward to be faithful in everything that we do in the house of God we must be faithful faithfulness in how the finances are being done faithfulness in how the expenditure income are being regulated so the first thing we we'll talk about is the budgetary control in the digital system no matter how you look at it and as good as it is, the personnel matters. Just like our pastor told us, we must improve ourselves in IT procedures. Because as of today, there's nothing you want to do, even within the mission. If you are not computer literate, it becomes an issue. So also in the budgetary control, when we talk about budgets, it is just a cash flow to help us manage our income and our expenditure. For example, when you are when you need, even in a secular world, when you need a loan, you'll be asked to prepare a cash flow. And what does it entail? A very simple thing. Just your projected income and your projected expenditure. That is, will, what you want to take will your foreseeable income be able to fund it. And that tells us that one of the reasons why some of us parishes, when we take some loans, we find it difficult to honor the obligations. It's just simply because the cash flow that we were supposed to do, we didn't do it. For example, the past six months, that month comes in, you know probably maybe you are, your income from all sources. It's like one million. In the past six months, what's, what was your expenditure? Maybe conservatively, say 700,000. So which means anything you want to do, if you want to embark on maybe a capital project, it must be based on the 300,000. But unfortunately, when we go on it, we forget the expenditure aspect. And most of these expenditures are fixed in nature. So once you have that budgetary system in place, it will afford us to be able to plan ahead. And there will not be embarrassment. Whoever that advances any law will not be pursuing us. Even in our private life, you do not embark on a thing that you cannot sustain. If you begin to invest, you must think about the result of your investment. That is the return on investment, all right. And once you are doing that, it will help the ministers and everyone that is in the parish. So that at the end of the day, there will be a clear understanding of what you have to do. When you have a good budgetary system, you'll be able to know 
the areas where you need to cut costs. For example, if your overhead costs, you know, unfortunately, even in the nation today, most of our income, almost all, is used for the current expenditure. But unfortunately, we are not careful. We still keep on borrowing. Anyway, that one is another topic entirely. But for us, even in parishes or individuals, we must look forward to the situation where you don't eat everything that you produce. And what do I mean? You don't eat your seed. So if you have a good budgetary system, it will also help us to be able to streamline the things that we do. We can plan ahead. You want to acquire musical instruments and all that, you can plan ahead. Or probably have a sinking fund somewhere, a fund that you create to put an amount of money so that each time that you require something to be done, there's something to fall back on. Praise the Lord. Also, the budgetary system, just like we have here, is just a process of setting up a cash budget. And I want to give an advice. When you are preparing your cash budget, do not over-assume. You know, like, you know, we are very spiritual. We say, uh, by the grace of God, yes, that is true. But when you have only two people in your parish that are working, and you want to embark on a project that is far more than what those people can carry, I remember what our pastor told us earlier on. You don't have enablers. You don't have sustainers. How are you going to succeed? So those things must come in place by the time you are doing your budget. Coincidentally, even in the mission, on a yearly basis, we have been asked to do budget for parishes, for areas, zones, and all that. It is to help us so that by tomorrow, we won't have problems. Praise the Lord. The second thing is about income and cash control. You know, we have various ways that we can have income. Tithes and offering, you know, the contributions, the seed offering, the post rule, the uh, assistance from the, the region or assistance from the mission or from the province. But all that put in place, you must also be able to regulate your income. And what do I mean? As the income comes in, do you have a ready-made or as well, a blueprint of how you are going to spend? Like I would tell people, once you have the income recorded, at the end of the month, our own month, remittance period, you may just realize that you don't have any other have enough money in the bank to cover for the remittance. But this shouldn't be. I've seen some parishes, what they do is that they have a kind of system that they create. They know, for instance, the tithes. What comes back is 36%. As the money is coming in, they have a dedicated account that the 74, sorry, 64% goes into directly. So when the time of remittance comes, there's no panic. But some of us, 
we'll spend more than what we we'll collect. So we need to regulate the income that we have and thinking about our expenditure. So once you are that, you'll be able to do the things that you ought to do. And because of the present age now, there's a lot of transfers. Like our pastor said earlier on, some people, when you, when you are doing online, you, you may find it difficult to, to transfer 200 naira. So today, a lot of transfers come in. This needs to be monitored. And we have given advice to some of us that what you do is to record the transfer as they come in. So that you can have a hold on the actual thing or actual amount of money that is coming in. That is what is called the control of the income. So that at the end of the month, you already know what is in your account, even before you receive the bank statement. Praise the Lord. So why do you need to do that, those controls? So that to help at the end of the day. And you need to do a periodic reconciliation. You know, there was, I worked in a place some time back. The man that was doing the reconciliation was the same person that was going to the bank. And you know what it means. At the end of the day, there was a problem. And by the time they know it, a lot of fun have been taken away. So you need a regular reconciliation of the funds that come in. Especially when these days that we have transfers. And you know, because of some elements amongst us, some people can go and create another account which the money can go into without your knowledge. Another thing you can do is for sweep accounts, as it's written in our, our manual. This is where you put a limit to the amount that can be in, the, in, the, in an account for a particular time. For instance, in your account, there is a dedicated account that will say, once this account reaches this amount of money, the excess should be taken to another account. That is the sweep account. Either as it rises or as it reduces. Not only that, you can also do the cash control, monitoring the online giving and recording it. And we have told some of us that when you receive the alerts, record it immediately. And for the purpose of, at least in the mission, you have the ushers. Whoever received the alert, let him notify the head usher. So that by the time you are doing your reconciliation, you, probably the pastor, you have the figure, and another person also has the figure, so that I can always cross-check, so that there won't be any issue at all. Praise the Lord. Expedition control. Like in the civil service, they have what they call AIE, authority to incur expenditure. That also is applicable with us. You must have vouchers that is written out and well approved for any kind of expenditure. I, I, at least I know in this mission, there are limits to expenditure that a pastor can approve, an area pastor can approve, the zonal pastor, even the provincial pastor. There's a limit. 
So that when the only turns come and you have exceeded your limit, there will be a failure. So what we need to do is to make sure that everything is well approved. And once you prepare the vouchers, at least a normal voucher will show you the type of expenditure the account is coming out from, the person that prepared it, who is receiving the pay, and then the approval. You know the beauty aspect is that once you do the proper thing and it is approved, nobody is going to query you. Because you have spent the money the way it's supposed to be spent. Even most especially if you are the type that is always doing its budget and you are not going outside the budget, nobody is going to call you anything once it is properly approved. All vendor invoices should be properly reviewed. What do we mean? Even when you want to do anything, the invoices that are given to you, don't just assume that the invoices are okay. We have seen instances where what is written is in the body of the invoice is different from the total. Do you know that? In the, in the, in the body of the invoice, it could be the, the real addition could be 10,000. But the total addition could be 20. Could come to 20. So if you just take the invoice, uh, it's 20,000, and pay it, what will happen? It means when something happens, when the auditors come, it will be a problem. So don't let us just assume that things are correct. That's the way we have found ourselves. Like they say, you must shine your eye very well. And in the case of our documentation, remember that your things, the things you record in your books are very important. Like for instance, you have the bank books that shows what goes into the bank and what comes out. We have advised that we should have impress system for petty expenses, which could be reimbursed. So that by the time you are doing the end of the month or whatever account, everything will fall in place. My prayer is that God will help all of us in Jesus' name. As a parish, you don't have to do credit or debit transfer. Let, because of the situation, you know, because it's a kind of organization. In a parish, for instance, you have uh, three signatories. Who, who will be the one to be doing the transfer? So it is better to still stick to the issue of checks. Let there be no parish monetary transfer. The only way you can do it is that probably you write a check, sign it, write a letter to the bank to do the transfer. That is still acceptable. The law will help us in Jesus' name. So, as they say, as much as possible, let there be no online transfer from your parishes. Let there be no blank checks, because some of us will sign blank checks. 
in advance. It is dangerous. You may implicate yourself without knowing. Fortunately, I will say this. Trust no one but yourself. Because you never know. According to the word of God, the heart of man is desperately wicked. Who knows it? It's only God. You cannot know it. Because there is no hard to find a man's construction in his face. Praise the Lord. Yes, I have talked about the expenditure limit. And then you do periodic bank reconciliation. Like I was saying earlier on, the treasurer was the one that was banked. The accountant was the one that was banking money. He is the same person that collects the bank statements. So at the end of the month, he will do reconciliation. And the reconciliation will be okay. Why? Because he's the same one. It was when he left and somebody else was to do the reconciliation that they realized that hundreds of thousands are missing. And the man had gone. Unfortunately, they wanted to prosecute. It became a problem. Why? Because the chief accountant is a fellow of the Institute of Charter Accountants, a seasoned one. And the question came up, how can you allow one person to be the keeper of the books, to be the treasurer, and to be the one to reconcile? So it became an issue of maybe the chief accountant knows about it. And that's how the case was dropped. So we need to be careful about what we do. Internal control. Internal control. What controls are you putting in place in order for you to have a smooth running? You should have rules, procedures. Even in our parishes. Even in our secular world. Personally. You must have internal controls. Like the one I said earlier on. Not one person performing all the tasks. Not only that, you must separate duties. What is the work of the treasurer? What is the work of the accountant? Even though in parishes today, because of the shortage of number, you have some people doing two things together. But there is still a way for you to reconcile or put a check on them. As far as it is possible, separate the works of the, uh, what do you call them, the ushers from the treasurer. The head usher should not be the treasurer because it is easy for him to manipulate things. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Also, we can still standardize our documentation, even in the form of filing. You must do periodic audits, even within yourself. For instance, I advise pastors. At the end of Sunday, after everything has been done, the head of shop must send to you the activities of the day or the week in terms of the inform, uh, income that, that they have and the attendance. We are in the digital world. You can just text it 
or do it on WhatsApp to you? You know why you need that? The following day, Monday or Tuesday, when the whoever is going to bank goes to the bank, you can monitor it. As soon as you are receiving the alert, you can compare it with what you had got on Sunday. Not so. You can easily compare. I know it has happened to me before. After the person had gone to bank and has paid, and I confirmed that the person is back, and I look at the alerts, it doesn't tally. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It doesn't tally with what I was paid in. So I had to realize and say, come, what happened to so, 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 and so? And then say, ah, that one is postdated. But I wouldn't know if I have not asked to get the information on Sunday and then monitor it. So that's a kind of control you can put in place. It's very easy. You don't need to stress yourself. And because you have been told, you can always monitor by sitting down in your home or wherever you are. And the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Lastly, the IT issue. The technical support system. I will just say generally, because our pastor has said much, the system that works now, that is the use of the portal, is very, very efficient. Through the use of the portal, you can even, because what is done there, you can even know, it's very far pastors, you can know the growth of your parish. Either financially, or the number of the congregants. You can know. The potter will do all the necessary things. Will do it for you. And you know, once you have an input to the potter, that is what the potter will act upon. So if you put error into the potter, it will give you error. Like they say about computer, garbage in, garbage out. But the portal can help you to understand the movement, even in the past six months. And whether you are growing or you are reducing. So let us make use of the portal very well, so that it can help every one of us. And I pray that no one will hack into our accounts, no one will hack into our system, and the Lord will bless us. God bless you. Let somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody very tired, shout hallelujah. like that. Okay, because we are a little tired, let's rise to our feet. Let the choir give us one or two danceable songs. <laughs> let's sing, let's stretch our legs. We are about